0: Only, only two minutes late. Good? Thank you. David, you
1: want to pray us in set-aside prayer? Absolutely. All right, guys. We always start a meeting with a prayer and end it with a prayer, so let's start one. Dear God, Dear God please set aside God, everything, set aside everything I, think I think I know about myself, myself this, this book, book my, my disease, disease these steps. And, and especially, especially about, about you, dear God, God. So, so that I might have an open mind and, mind and a new, new experience, experience with all these things. things. Please, Please help, help me see the truth. truth. Thank you.
0: Welcome to the purpose of this book, Big Book Study meeting. My name is David, I'm an alcoholic.
2: David, David. And
0: with me are my co-chairs.
2: I'm Nancy, I'm an alcoholic. Nancy,
0: David, alcoholic.
1: David. <laughs>
0: Enthusiasm is waning. All right, we do record the audio of these meetings and upload them with, uh, usually within a few days. I have not posted the last two. I will do that tonight. Um, you can find links to the recordings and other information at www.purposeofthisbook.com. If you're on Zoom, please mute yourself if you're not already muted. This group meets twice a week. Come to both if you can. We are at different parts of the book. Right here, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. at the Fox Valley Fellowship Center, 710 Orchard Avenue in Aurora, we are wrapping up the chapter to employers. And Thursday, 6 p.m., United Methodist Church, 219 North Hale Street in Plano, we are in Chapter 3. We start uh, with two quotes about the purpose of this book, which is the name of our meeting. From the foreword to the first edition, to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and from There is a Solution on page 20. Doubtless you're curious to discover how and why, in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, we recover from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you're an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. Uh, That's someone to please come up and read the AA preamble.
2: Hi, Shannon. Shannon. A.A. preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is, is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for A.A. membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. A.A. is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other
0: alcoholics achieve sobriety. Thank Thank you. Uh, We will pass the basket honoring AA's seventh tradition. Thank you, Amy. Um, Any announcements? Chili cook-offs or anything coming up?
2: No, we're planning um, some sort of event for Founders Day weekend. Mm. It's going to be June 11th, it will be here. I don't know all the details yet, but there'll be flyers soon. <laughs> oh,
0: thanks, Nance. Thank you, Nancy. Are there any AA anniversaries today or in the past week? Ooh, look at that. Daniel? Daniel?
2: Daniel?
0: I have 11 months Sunday. Yeah. 11 months! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? I saw more hands. Kristen, nine, nine months. months. I'm Emma. Emma, two yeah. years. <laughs> Lucas, 10 months. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, This meeting is to study the program of recovery in the Big Book. We read and emphasize the instructions, promises, prayers, questions, warnings, and other important information. We believe that we cannot get well unless A, we know what is wrong with us, B, what is the solution to that problem, and C, what is the action to get to the solution. Fortunately, the answers are in the book. We're not experts and none of these thoughts are ours. Everything we share has been given to us from the fellowship. The big book was written a long time ago, and there are some unfamiliar words. As needed, we will give the definition from a big book dictionary. Please ask any time for us to pause and look up a word. or dictionary person is...
2: Amy, alcoholic and addict. Amy. Amy.
0: If you have questions, please ask, and we'll do our best to answer. If we don't know or the question is off-topic, we promise to get back to you after the meeting. Occasionally, we'll check in with the group to see if anyone has comments. Please save comments until we specifically ask for them, and then come speak into the mic so the people online can hear. And please keep those comments tightly related to what we're talking about today. And today, as I mentioned, I feel certain this time we will wrap up the chapter to employers. Although I've said that before, I think we will. Yeah, I feel like we're right at the end, right? Page
2: 146, first full paragraph. As a class. Everybody there? Ready? Ready. Okay. As a class. Oh, gosh. Sorry. He's <laughs> messing with me. As a class, alcoholics are energetic people. Yeah. <laughs> they work hard and they play hard. Your man should be on his mettle to make good. Being somewhat weakened and faced with physical and mental readjustment to a life which knows no alcohol, he may overdo. You may have to curb his desire to work 16 hours a day. You may need to encourage him to play once in a while. He may wish to do a lot for other alcoholics, and something of the sort may come up during business hours. A reasonable amount of latitude will be helpful. This work is necessary to maintain his sobriety.
0: latitude we should probably look up metal, metal also m e t t l e not not the other not
1: heavy so i, yeah. I don't really really call words that in the book but this is the second time they reference that alcoholics are hard workers silver you know sober. as a rule <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we really do we really do elevate our work ethic you know it just seems to be natural inside of us but boy do we can we overdo it can i overdo it you know they're talking about working a 16 hour day I remember when I first got sober, dude, I, I was working construction, all the overtime I wanted. And then I would hit a meeting. Then I would go home and take a shower and go to bed, and I did that for And eventually someone had to call me on my shit, like, how about spending some time with your family? Oh, you know? Um, I wasn't adjusted enough to do that, to be honest with you. I didn't know how to blend into my family right away. It took me a long, long time. I had not been sober in my family before, so I didn't know how to, to be a part of the family that I was able to be a part of was AA family. But uh, what I had learned is balance is key. You know, and um, boy, there are plenty of examples and demonstrations in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous on how to do that. You know, perhaps a good sponsor, some running buddies in this program, certainly prayer, meditation, you know, working out of this book. There's all kinds of tools in my spiritual toolkit that will help me with some balance. You know, and I always say this because I didn't come up with it, nor have I ever come up with anything original, God first, sobriety second, my wife third, my children fourth, then my work fifth. So 16 hours a day comes after those four things, right? Mm. Bless you. God bless you.
2: All right, we ready for some words? Okay, medal, on his medal, meaning prepare to accept a challenge and do one's best. And then latitude is freedom freedom of action or choice, space for free movement.
0: So he may wish to do a lot for other alcoholics, and something of the sort may come up during business hours. These latter chapters, of course, we're mentioning this every week, are technically for another audience, so we're hoping our employers are willing to do this. But there's content in here for us as the recovering and recovered alcoholics as well. And this is a reminder that calls back to in the family afterward, bottom of 129, we're hearing this a lot. Though the family does not fully agree with dad's spiritual activities, they should let him have his head, even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards the family.
2: So see, it was okay, David. Yeah, it was okay, David, (laughs) right?
0: Bill was signing off. (laughs) It is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics, During those first days of convalescence, first days of convalescence, first days of getting better, this will do more to ensure sobriety than anything else. Not having been sober for nine years, but in the first days of convalescence, helping other alcoholics.
2: After your man has gone along without drinking for a few months... may be able to make use of his services with other employees who are giving you the alcoholic runaround provided of course they are willing to have a third party in the picture an alcoholic who has recovered but holds a relatively unimportant job can talk to a man with a better position being on a radically different basis of life he will never take advantage of the situation
1: Mm. feels like page 17 So we know what a recovered alcoholic looks like because we've studied the text up to this point. And we are the exact person who should be carrying that message. No, it's up to my employer whether or not they want me involved because you know, you know, there's programs for all that kind of stuff too. But I've been asked and, and probably have helped out many times and, uh, and very willing. As a matter of fact, i got a trip coming up this week and some of the people overindulge down there. I don't, In my experience, in all the years I've been with this company, um, they just have a good time. They're just having a good time with alcohol they're not one of us but they're not me so uh but i've been asked to take it to the side when i'm on one of these business trips it's like because i broke my anonymity with a couple people and they said you need to go help john because john's really got a (laughs) drinking problem i'm like no i don't think john really has a drinking problem i talk to him all the time and he seems to be fine you know if john needs he knows i'm a member of AA. if he Mm -hmm. needs help i'll help him
0: an alcoholic who has recovered but holds a relatively unimportant job, can talk to a man with a better position. Now we're back page 17. There is a solution. I won't read the whole thing, but there's the analogy to basically the ship Titanic hitting the iceberg, and it doesn't matter what our social situation was in life and on that boat. If we were in steerage, which are the cheapest rooms down by the boiler, or if we're ritzy and rich and sitting at the captain's table, when the ship's sinking or when we're all clinging to the life raft, that doesn't matter. Right? So that analogy, actually that sort of really, not even an analogy, really this truth is being brought up here again too. Right? We may have an entry-level job, and there might be an executive vice president, but if the guy in the entry-level job is recovered from this hopeless state of mind and body, he can carry that message to anybody. Doesn't matter what the pay grade
1: is.
2: Your man may be trusted. Long experience with alcoholic excuses mm. naturally arouse suspicion. <laughs> mm. Go figure. Uh, when his wife next calls saying he is sick, you might jump to the conclusion he is drunk. If he is and is still trying to recover, he will tell you about it, even if it means the loss of his job. For he knows he must be honest if he would live at all. He will appreciate knowing you are not bothering your head about him. That you are not suspicious, nor are you trying to run his life, so he will be shielded from temptation to drink. If he is conscientiously following the program of recovery, he can go anywhere your business may call him.
0: Conscientiously, please. You going to the promises.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, not the ninth seven, uh, ten. Tenth. So go yeah. Ahead.
0: No, go ahead. That's where I was gonna to go to. I say flipping it.
2: A... Uh, conscientious is careful. Carefully, thoroughly, painstakingly.
0: Thoroughly. He's thoroughly following the program of recovery. He can go anywhere your business may call
1: him. Can't f- Where was that now? <laughs> it was on page 88. Page eighty-five, I think.
2: With the tensor. Yes. Did so we see fighting anyone or anything? Even alcohol. By this point, sanity has returned.
0: Can't find the reference. Let's move on. We can always yeah. come back. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. In case he does stumble. Even once, you will have to decide whether to let him go. If you're sure he doesn't mean business, there's no doubt you can't, you should discharge him. If, on the contrary, you are sure he's doing his utmost, you may wish to give him another chance. But you should feel under no obligation to keep him on, for your obligation has been well discharged already.
0: So this has come up a few times in the chapter already. It starts, this mention is made earlier and then a few pages later. I won't call back to them, but. You guys will know, as we've been studying this, a couple of times the direction has been given to the employer, the best thing you might do for an alcoholic is to fire them. Right? So this is at least the third time we're hearing this message. So if he does stumble even once, you're going to have to decide whether to let him go or not. And there were some other sort of conditions and qualifications that we read about earlier when the employer's deciding whether or not to let somebody go. Does he really believe the employee honestly wants to get sober and is going to be willing to do the work? Um, and, this, and the question is asked again. If you are sure he doesn't mean business, it's a little clunky. It's more like if you're sure he's not going to go through with the work after a stumble, after drinking again, there is no doubt you should discharge it. Right? The authors of the book are saying, fire his ass. Because we just never know what that one backbreaking circumstance will be to bring us into recovery for good, to search out God. Right? If on the contrary, you're sure he's doing his utmost, you may wish to give him another chance. Don't feel obliged to do it. Your obligation has been well discharged already. For all the damage that has already been done...
1: And for the additional rope that's been extended by the employer. So, yeah, I found what I was looking for. So, on um, the top of page one forty-seven, the last sentence there said, "If he is conscientiously following the program of recovery, working out of this text, right, he can go anywhere your business uh, may call him." Bottom of page twenty-six, and there's our uh, page twenty-six, and there's a solution. We're talking about Roland Hasterd being recovered. And it, talks, and it starts out by saying, this. but this man still lives, and he's a free man, free of what? The bondage of self. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he can find. He can go anywhere on earth where other free men can go without disaster. Wait for it. Provided he remains willing to maintain a certain, simple attitude. So I can go anywhere any free man can go, as long as I keep that certain, simple attitude.
2: Annoying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The birds go back. <laughs> All right, there's another thing you might wish to do. Oh, one second. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry,
1: and in case you want to know, that simple uh, certain uh, attitude is bottom of page 55 He can only clear the ground a bit if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself. Then, if you wish. You can join us on the broad highway with this attitude. You cannot fail. Consciousness of our belief is sure to come to you. So tying all that together, Mm -hmm. bottom of page 26, bottom of page 55, for me ties into the bottom of that last sentence on page Mm -hmm. 147. I'm sorry, please.
2: No, no, no. There's another thing you might wish to do. If your organization is a large one, Your junior executives might be provided with this book. You might let them know you have no quarrel with the alcoholics of your organization. These juniors are often in a difficult position. Men under them are frequently their friends. So for one reason or another, they cover these men, hoping matters will take a turn for the better. They often jeopardize their own positions by trying to help serious drinkers who should have been fired long ago or else given an opportunity to get well. I got, I
0: got nothing in this this <laughs> is yeah. Yeah. Sort of more of the same right yeah. sometimes people need to get fired yeah. to hit their bottom
2: well they're selling books here <laughs> <laughs> that too after reading this book a junior executive can go to such a man and say approximately this look here Ed, do you want to stop drinking or not you put me on the spot every time you get drunk it isn't fair to me or the, or the firm I've been learning something about alcoholism if you're an alcoholic you're a mighty sick man you act like one. The firm wants to help you get over it, and if you're interested, there's a way out. If you take it, your past will be forgotten, and the fact that you went away for treatment will not be mentioned. <clears throat> but if you cannot or will not stop drinking, I think you ought to resign. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. it really is.
1: <clears throat> right there, that one sentence, do you mm-hmm. want to stop drinking or not? Mm-hmm. In the moment I do, mm-hmm. until my external situation starts to get a little bit better, and then I think maybe I can manage this thing still. And that's not the truth. If I have read this text and studied it the way it's designed to be studied, I know what a real alcoholic is. I will never have power, choice, or control again. Ever. Gone. Forever. I need to know that. I never can have the choice on how many I'm going to drink. Once I put it in my body, I'm going to break out in what's called a phenomenon of craving and abnormal reactions going to take place inside of me. And I'm, I can't tell you exactly when I'm going to stop. Now, there are going to be times where maybe I can have a couple of drinks, but the real truth is most of the time that's true for me. But the greater part of the disease is the obsession of the mind that takes over my, all my thought process and tells me to lie that I can have another drink. So the question really is, do you want to quit good and for all? Because if you are, and if you read this to, not just to the employers, but to sponsors, to sponsees, that's the question I'm going to ask you if you ask me to sponsor you. Are you willing to do this work out of here? Because you're going to get a guaranteed solution out of here. And the steps are designed to do that for you, to get you to God so he can fix you. That's been the experience of, I don't know how many countless people in AA, and certainly mine. And I would be happy to help you do that. You will will not have to do this alone, ever again. The first word in the first step says we, and I know what that means today.
2: Your junior executive may not agree with the contents of our book. He need not and often should not show it to his alcoholic prospect. But at least he will understand the problem and will no longer be misled by ordinary promises. He will be able to take a position with such a man which is, entirely, which is eminently fair and square. He will have no further reason for covering up an, an alcoholic employee.
1: How unfair that is that I do that to people too. That, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of the disease, right? We know alcohol isn't the problem because we've read the text, Selfishness, self-centeredness is. And this is where it's really rare in its ugly head at, at work, for sure. You know, calling off, putting, putting my boss in a position to cover for me. That's selfish and self-centered. Mm-hmm. Having the flip side of that, the other side of the pancake being recovered is, I'm a, as, the, as we started reading tonight, I'm a damn good employee today. You can really count on me today. Like, I show up every day for work on time. You know, in our book it talks about the first requirement. first requirement is to show up at work on time, right? And any job. And I do that every single day. Yeah, I set my own hours, but that's not the point. The point is, is I show up and I suit up for work every day. And I try to give 100% because I don't want these bedevilments being part of my life. I do not want them being part of my life where I'm feeling useless, you know, that I can't can't hold a job. I've had a job for a really long time, and I'm very proud of that. I'm a part of that thing.
0: And so some of the direction here, it's... It's a little different, but there's some similarity too in, in the instruction into wives about once we get involved in the life of the alcoholic as someone who's recovered, talks about show them your copy of the book, tell them what you found out about alcoholism. And so the parallels here are, you know, talk, talk to your employee, your colleague, eh, you know, show them the book, maybe don't show them the book, but at least the person... Carrying the message as far as he understands it. And that's what they're really asking of the employer. understand the problem your employee is having. Communicate that to him. which was really laid out in the previous paragraph. Right? You're an alcoholic. You're a mighty sick man. You act like one. Here's what I've learned about the problem. And do you want to quit drinking? If not, I'm not going to cover for you anymore. We're not going to tolerate your behavior anymore. It's not fair to me, not fair to the company. Not fair to our families, our spouses, our children, friends, neighbors, etc.
1: And to build upon what David was talking about, it's not just me verbalizing that I want to stop drinking. Of course I want to stop drinking. I wanted to stop drinking long before I came in Alcoholics Anonymous. I just couldn't. This is a program of action. I have to prove to you whether or not I really want to stop drinking. And that, for me, is walking walk in these doors of Alcoholics Anonymous and at least ask for help. Now, I don't know the right questions being a new person. That's the obligation of the people in this fellowship to know that I don't know that, but my God, actions are the only thing that's mm-hmm. going to prove to you whether or not I want to change or not. Not my words. My words, they're tired of my words. This is why I'm on the firing line all the time. I'm almost discharged all the time. I don't live like that today, of course, because of the personality change that I needed so desperately, but my God, action. This is action, action. I say it all the time. You want to be a verb in Alcoholics Anonymous, you do not want to be a noun. Mm -hmm. And that's true when I come in here. It's like, I really want to stop drinking good for all. How do you guys do that? And I don't know if I can muster up those questions even as a new person. It's our obligation Mm -hmm. as members of AA to ask the right questions so they understand. Chief responsibility
0: to the newcomer, an adequate presentation of the program. I must explain the problem. You notice in all these chapters, to wives, to family afterwards, to employers, they're asking everyone around us to understand the problem. But for we, right, the recovering and then recovered alcoholics, we must have this understanding of the problem mastered. We must. And then we must have a simple explanation of the solution mastered. That is our responsibility to the newcomer. Come in, as David always talks about. Qualify them. Make sure they're in the right place. And right? help them understand the problem, the three-part illness. And then tell them about the solution. Not an in-depth uh, treatise on all 12 steps and all the service and this, that, and the other. It's overwhelming and no one's going to remember. No one remembers anything at their first meeting. But if we can get them to leave with that basic understanding of the problem, and just that there's a solution and we're all in it, we have met our chief responsibility. And then we keep them coming back, like David said, get, show up to meetings, because then my, in, my chief responsibility as an individual is that adequate presentation of the program. But then what's our responsibility as a group? Our singleness of purpose as a group, right? Sobriety, freedom through alcohol, through the teaching and practice of the 12 steps. That's all we're supposed to be doing. So if a guy or a gal comes in, we qualify him, explain the problem, explain the solution... Make sure they come back to the next meeting. If we're in a meeting where we're teaching and practicing the steps, they're going to have everything we have to offer. Right? And yeah, all the other little mechanics, too. Get their phone number, call them. Don't just give them your number because they're never going to call. right? or rarely pick them up for a meeting. All these little things. Carry them to the message while we deliver the message.
1: So if I'm looking at that, that paragraph as a sponsor to a sponsor, see it boils right down to this. No man should be fired just because he's an alcoholic. So no man, no sponsor. of mine, I, I, I've yeah. never personally fired anybody ever yeah. just because you're not <laughs> willing to do the work. If he wants to stop, he should be afforded a real chance. If he cannot or does not want to stop, he should be discharged, The exceptions a few. I, I've never been one who thought it was okay to fire somebody because I understand the first step. I just understand it. I mean, the guys I sponsored for a long, long time, they went back out for a long, long time, they came back and they did the work and they got better. Mm-hmm. And that's been my experience. But I understand the first step. I understand the nature of this disease. I, I have an adequate presentation of this program. If you want it, we'll do the work together here. But if you don't, don't waste my time and go smoke up my ass either.
0: He cannot or does not want to stop. This says he should be discharged. We're talking about a business. It's a little right. different than the right. sponsor's relationship, because at some point, if somebody's costing me money and they're not all right, we have jobs to make money, that's the point for the business, and that's how we get caught compensated, right? It could be discharged. The difference in the analogy to sponsorship is, and the book's clear on this too, in, in working with others. The guy doesn't want to pick up what I'm putting down. I'm still around. We were just talking about this before the meeting with Daniel and Eddie and I. Certain number of calls, certain number of offers saying, I'm here if you want to pick back up. But I cannot chase someone to save their own life. The book is very clear, and we see it when we open our eyes. There's always somebody else who wants and needs help. I only have 24 hours in a day. If I can make one more phone call, is it going to be the new guy who's praying that he doesn't drink that night? Or is it going to be the sponsee that I haven't seen or heard from in three weeks? I'm going to call the new guy.
2: You know, David mentioned, too, that these chapters toward that we've been reading lately um, talk about other people understanding the disease of alcoholism. And I think one of the sentences in here explains why that's important so well. It says, they'll understand the problem and will no longer be misled by ordinary promises. As an, al- as an alcoholic, I can promise you I'm going to quit drinking. I can promise myself I'm going to quit drinking. I can want it. I just can't do it on my own. So I think that idea once somebody really understands what, what we're up against here. I'll lie to you, <laughs> you know, I'll lie to myself, I mean, I just, I can't differentiate the truth from the false, I'm mm. caught up in that. Obsession uh, of the mind! Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Sworn off. Yeah. For good. Mm-hmm. 10,000 times. Put me on a polygraph, I would have passed. 10,000 times. 10,001 times, I
1: did it again.
2: It boils right down to this. No man should be fired just because he's an alcoholic. <laughs> If he wants to stop, he should be afforded a real chance. If he cannot or does not want to stop, he should be discharged. The exceptions are few. Hmm. We think this method of approach will accomplish several things. It will permit the rehabilitation of good men. At the same time, you will feel no reluctance to rid yourself of those who cannot or will not stop. Alcoholism may be causing causing your organization considerable damage in its waste of time men, and reputation. We hope our suggestions will help you plug up this sometimes serious leak. We think we are sensible when we urge that you stop this waste and give your worthwhile man a chance. The birds have
1: come. <laughs>
2: That's annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, so, there's just more analogies to sponsorship here permitting the rehabilitation of good men, right? working with those who want to be worked with, same time you feel no reluctance to rid yourself, and again, maybe in the spirit of staying available, we don't actually shed the people we're working with, but deprioritization of time, perhaps. Right. But the three things that are, that are suggesting you're going to be accomplished to the business, those who want to get better, going to get the opportunity to get better, those who cannot or will not, gonna move on from. And because we're talking about employers and business, alcoholism may be causing your organization considerable damage and waste of time and reputations. This is what I said a few minutes ago. At some point, i become a burden to my organization that I'm no longer worth what I'm being paid. We think we are sensible when we urge that you stop this waste and give your worthwhile man a chance. Okay. same thing with sponsorship
2: mm-hmm. the idea too that cannot or will not has come up repeatedly in this chapter and it comes up earlier in the book and I heard somebody describe that as you know when we arrive here we're all kind of at cannot I cannot get sober. I have no idea how to do that. The program can help me with that. The people here can help me with that, but if I will not, there's nothing you can do for me so this, and when this book came out, this was a whole new concept. People were not aware of this. There was, you know, less than 100 recovered alcoholics in the world. There, there was not a book <laughs> until the book came out. There was nothing. You know, there was a couple of meetings in, on the planet. Um, the idea that there's something that actually could help people get sober and live a decent, fulfilling life was new. You know, that was news. We can get to where we kind of take it for granted. It's like, oh, if it gets really bad, I'll go to AA. But there just wasn't such a thing. You know, there was no solution for these people. So this was really, this was big news. This was big news for alcoholics when this came out. Page
0: 58. Rarely we've seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually, men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. I have worked with people like that. Cannot be honest with themselves. Could not get sober. Maybe dry, but stark raving dry.
2: Pleasant. Yes. I wasn't constitutionally incapable of being honest, but I was very inexperienced at it by the time I got here. <laughs>
0: constitutionally, I don't know if we looked that up way back when. I think it's worth it. It's like of the body.
2: Constitutionally is by their basic nature, in agreement Mm. with the essential nature of a person. Mm. The other day an approach was made to the vice president of a large industrial concern. He remarked, I'm mighty glad you fellows got over your drinking, but the policy of this company is not to interfere with the habits of our employees. If a man drinks so much that his job suffers, we fire him. I don't see how you can be of any help to us, for as you see, we don't have any alcoholic problem. (laughs) The same company spends millions for research every year. The cost of production is figured to a fine decimal point. They have recreational facilities. There is company insurance. There is a real interest, both humanitarian and business, in the well-being of employees. But alcoholism? Well, they just don't believe they have it. How nice for them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> eh, I got nothing. Yeah, I got
2: nothing. Yeah. OK. We're, oh. <clears throat> we're trudging there. to a
0: finish of this <laughs> chapter <laughs> here. That's a real definition yeah. of that word. I know, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, we're trudging. Perhaps this is a typical attitude. We who have collectively seen a great deal of business life, at least from the alcoholic angle, had to smile at this gentleman's sincere opinion. He might be shocked if he knew how much alcoholism is costing his organization a year. That company may harbor many actual or potential alcoholics. We believe that managers of large enterprises often have little idea how prevalent the problem is. Even if you feel your organization has no alcoholic problem, it might pay to take another look down the line you may make some interesting discoveries.
1: <coughs> yeah, a bit naive of him to think there's no alcohol problems, right? You know, this, this is not true. You know, Many times I go into shops throughout my day. That's what I do all day long. Is I inventory shops and I'm in there. Guy gets too close to me. I'm like, holy shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do not breathe. on the boss today, you know? He's do like working
0: a, a wood-turning lathe at the same time, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly and right. The and then he gets
1: hurt. And it's like severe enough where he has to go home because he can't go to the hospital because they're going to drop him. Been there and done that. But, yeah, it's really naive of employers to think that we don't have alcohol problems. I mean, my God, 10% of our our whole population are alcoholics. You know, it's, it has to be true for some many industries.
0: And In these couple of paragraphs here now, it's sort of shifting back a little bit more to really two employers and... You know, again, our goal here is we're going through this, we're learning, even if some of you guys own businesses, this is about us being the alcoholic, you know, on, on the road to recovery. Um, you know, and some of this has changed, too, right? They make a big deal. There's company insurance, so, I mean, that's pretty prevalent now. And some of these things that are suggested, I don't even know if the lawyers would let your business do have these things. Like, talk to a guy about his alcoholism and stuff, right, There's EAP programs and stuff, but, God, I think at like a place of business, if you tell someone they have some sort of disease, it's probably a gross HIPAA violation or something, right, so again, 1939, a lot has changed, right, so if you work in a business, though, where they have those kinds of programs, and you spy someone, take them aside, maybe outside of work, or just say, hey, did you ever talk to Amy down in EAP, I worked I was a manager at a business one time, and they said if you thought someone was having a problem you were never allowed to address it. You're supposed to just put like a family medical leave form on their chair. And if they ask you about it, you just I
2: don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Weird <laughs>
0: Nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants to get sued. That's why we we do this as our avocation, not work. Right, right?
2: Well on the other hand, if somebody is injured on the job these days. They will be drug tested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they are peeing in a cup. It's like
0: David said, you're going to yeah. drop. Yeah. It doesn't gonna... matter. You could be sober as a judge in mm-hmm. appearance.
2: Yeah.
0: Insurance doesn't want to pay for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Nope. They're checking. Of course, this chapter refers to alcoholics, sick people, deranged men. Mm-hmm. What our friend the vice president had in mind was the habitual or whoopee drinker. As to them, his policy is undoubtedly sound. But he did not distinguish between such people and the alcoholic. It hmm. is
1: no, no. Okay, I know, nothing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> other, I mean, could be a why. <laughs>
0: well, other than sick people, deranged men. Please. Sounds appropriate.
2: Please.
0: And I think I was probably a whoopy drinker.
2: Yeah. <laughs> whatever
0: that means. Mm-hmm. Sounds right.
2: I was a party
0: here. Yeah. People that yeah. Yeah. People go to whoopee parties can become whoopee drinkers. An whoopee thank games. you, Minor.
2: It is not to be expected that an alcoholic employee will receive a disproportionate amount of time and attention. He should not be made a favorite. The right kind of man, the kind who recovers, will not want this sort of thing.
1: Hmm.
2: He will not impose. Far from it. He will work like the devil and thank you to his dying day.
1: There we go again. Another reference on how hard we work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get cleaned up. We're good workers. I know personally a lot of you people in this room, and I know that's your truth. I know it. Hmm. Hey, Carlos? I know it.
0: The right kind of man, the kind who recovers, will not want this sort of thing. The key phrase in there the kind who recovers. Because pre recovery, David wanted to be a favorite wanted to be the boss's favorite, wanted every special treatment. Why? Because life dealt me a bad hand, and I deserved it because I was the coolest. Right? The David who recovered, duh, that's my wife laughing. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh my God. She didn't know me then, lucky for her. Yeah,
2: because he was cool.
0: The David who recovers, when I do things like act in humility or be in service or do anything right, I just said this in our meeting on Saturday. I don't get credit for that. I do not get credit for when I do the next right thing. We were talking Saturday, Tall Don was bringing up, was it, some of you guys know him, the anniversary of when he had a heart attack in a Saturday morning meeting. The ambulance, we took him to the hospital, and I talked about how I followed the ambulance there, just wanted to make sure he got there okay, and I got in the room, and, and there was a bunch of people attending to him, you know, swarming around, because they were gonna give him heart surgery. I'm like, all right, he's safe. I'm gonna go home and sit on the couch. And as I'm backing out of the room, he's like, David, you're not going to leave, right? And I was like, no, I am not. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But I don't get credit for doing that. Why did I stay instead of making an excuse to leave? Because I had a spiritual awakening. My thoughts, my emotions, and my attitudes that were once the guiding forces of the lives of this man, the life of this man, were cast aside. And when someone said, hey, I need some help, there was nothing in it for me. I just stayed. Right? These are the promises. This is the stuff you cannot miss. And if you're, if you're newer, or you're in a bad spot, or whatever, if you've never had your spiritual awakening, for the love of God, double down. Have the spiritual awakening, and it doesn't happen from going to more meetings. It does not work that way. Stay in the book. Help some newcomers and be a part of, and come to some meetings.
2: Today I own a little company. There are two alcoholic employees <laughs> who produce as much as five normal salesmen. But why not? They have a new attitude, there you go. and they have been saved from a living death. They've enjoyed every moment spent in getting them straightened out.
0: They have a new attitude. Page 27 from God, from working the program of recovery. And how have they been saved from a living death? Two pages earlier, page 25, my two favorite pages, 25 and 27. After I've done my job for the newcomer, giving them that adequate presentation of the program, then the newcomer, I, had the decision to make. Do I go on to the bitter end, blotting out the intolerable situation as best I can, or do I accept spiritual help? And when I was coming in, I was already blotting out my situation as best I could, and I was heading towards the end. And that's very appealing for a long time, because it's the devil I know. And Nancy always reminds us sometimes the worst part, or maybe the worst part of the bitter end, is it doesn't come soon enough, right? We're heading for the alcoholic death, but we don't get it. So we just keep suffering. Well, that's the living death of known guys In their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, I've even mentioned a 92-year-old guy who had like six or eight months of recovery when Becky and I lived in the city going to the Martha Group meetings. 92! Coming back in. What was his life like? Probably living death. No, thank you. No, thank you. Life is difficult enough, right, without me drinking or drugging or having crazy thoughts, feelings, and attitudes about all the stuff that life throws at me.
1: Yeah, I don't think Bill's being dramatic when he says the living death. Hell even. no, he's not. No, not a bit. Maybe he's minimizing it even a little. You know, think about it. We live two lives in one that life I lived before I got here and that life I live now. They're polar opposite of each other. And I ain't taking credit for any of it. None of it. Only God got me sober. That's it. And I need to stay connected to that power. I understand the first step, but there's work to be done. Those the next level steps are vital to get me to God. Absolutely pertinent that I get to God. No human power. As much as that's a living death, and I can remember my drunk log sometimes, also the way I lived my life and how I harmed other people is part of my drunk log too. I have to remember that. And not just because I put the plug in the jug, and that's what I did. I went to meetings, I sat at the tables, I had some uh, meeting sobriety, I worked the steps off the wall, the short version. Got very little. I, at first, it was fine, it was that pink cloud. But man, it just wasn't sufficient enough to keep me sober. And when I started looking around the room and people had something that was really attractive to me, I found out they had a spiritual awakening. I found out they had this experience by working the steps and got to God, and they, that's how they live their life today. They, live by, they let God manage their life. You know, I think for me, the, the second bottom in Alcoholics Anonymous is the first one is I have to admit that I'm a real alcoholic. second one is i got to quit God. That's a really hard one. You know, when I read the bottom of page 60 to 63 and I see what the problem is, it's not alcohol. Alcohol is the solution. That is not our problem. This problem is page, bottom of page 60 to page 63. I'm selfish and self-centered, and if I'm not rid of that, that's going to kill me. And, man, my experience is when he freed me of those things as I worked these steps, I walk around free of what? Me. And that's what I need to be all the time. And it can be done. Because as I look back and I do my evening review every night, is it better than it was 5 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 plus, or whatever it is? It was better than it was last year even. It was better than it was 6 months ago. Because I practice some disciplines of 10 and 11 and 12. I try to carry this message to the alcoholic, to my best experience coming out of this book, on a regular, regular basis. I always have new guys that I get to work with. And I, and I think for me it's just this, I heard a guy say this a long time ago, if I'm not spiritually fit enough to be working with new people, God's not going to put anybody in my life. So, so far, knock on wood, I stay connected to this program and to God. I get to help other people. And boy, that's an experience you do not want to miss. And I didn't make that up. That comes right out of our book.
0: Yeah. Plus, God always brings you the craziest guys,
2: too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love crazy. Yeah. <laughs> give me, a, give me the sickest ones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Carlos <laughs> thinks I'm talking about him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I've, I've enjoyed every moment spent in getting them straightened out. So this is presumably coming from, right, the employer, yep. but again, as the sponsor, we don't save anybody's life. But do we help save lives? Absolutely. If I don't carry the message, if I don't make the phone call, if I don't answer the phone, if I don't go into that first step meeting and make sure the newcomer's being properly qualified and gets that adequate presentation of the program, right. all of those things contribute Meet at a meeting, pick up for a meeting, all those little tactical, mechanical things. That all helps. All right, we get 10 minutes. We're at the end of the chapter. So we could move on, but who has, Miner says don't move on. Questions, comments on anything in the chapter to employers?
1: Jim? Nothing? <laughs> I'm with you, bro. <laughs>
0: this is, is t- 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 a <laughs> tough last couple of pages there. Tough, we were rolling it's earlier.
1: We, uh, we Daddy? To- a vision for you is <clears throat> going to be a pretty kick ass. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: No okay. questions, no comments. <clears throat> Should we just break early? Yeah.
1: What do you think? I, I would be in agreement with okay. That. okay. Let's do that.
0: Last chance. Questions, comments, words? Okay.
1: All right, guys. Again, we end with a prayer. Third, uh, Page 63, second paragraph, third step prayer. God, God. God I offer I myself to thee me, to, build to build with me, me and do, do with, me and with me as thou wilt. Relieve me in the, the bondage of, of self that, that I may better do thy will. will. Take, Take away my difficulties that, that victory over them, them. may, may bear, bear witness to those that, that would help with thy, thy power, thy, thy, love, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. How are you we're great who was waiting. with us tonight. Was there a few? Got
0: six or.
2: Okay. were so, five. Five? Five,
1: okay. Huh. I always round up myself, too. There yeah. was <laughs> 50.
2: So we had, hey, we had another 30 or think so. about
1: it. We're in the later chapters of this book. I know. Tennis is so good. I know. Tennis is so good, and we're in the later chapters.
0: We're back on the upswing next week.
1: Yes.